listening to The Gender Rebels. I'm Kathleen, a cis woman and ally. And I'm Faith, a trans woman. Gender Rebels is a question and answer podcast that explores life outside the gender binary. A big thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gender rebels. Hey everyone, I'm Kath. And I'm Faith. Faith, do we have any new patrons to thank? We have a few new patrons Yay! to thank some really awesome patrons. Jeffrey S. Thank you, Jeffrey. Charlie G. Thanks, Charlie. Kristen A. Kristen A. You're awesome. And Abigail S. Thanks, Abigail. Thank you, guys. Y'all are awesome. And I believe we have a listener question also. We do. We have a new listener question. This is from a an email we got recently from a listener. I have been cross-dressing off and on for most of my life, with the earliest memories of wanting to be girly dating back to age five or six. Mm-hmm. My wife and I have been married nine years and I actually told her about my cross-dressing prior to us getting married. After I got married, I sort of let the hobby habit die after our wedding day. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to more recent times and the urge to dress, etc. has been strong as ever. Waxing and waning. Mm-hmm. Um, a question has come up in regards to all of this is, what drives this feeling for me? I kind of have a hard time answering this. My wife wonders if it is a purely sexual fetish sort of thing for me or someone else. I feel like the answer to this is it depends. There have been a lot of times in my life where it has been a fetish of sorts for me, and I wonder if that's attributable to the fact that it was my secret. I say this now because I'm able to paint my toes, put on makeup once in a while, and wear some female undergarments to work. That fetish aspect has gone away. It's more about something that makes me feel good about myself. I guess I'm wondering if other cross-dressers experience their fetish transform into something more subdued when they begin to be open with people close to them. Hmm. I view this as a healthy development for me. Hmm. That is a really good question. Mm-hmm. So what kind of creates the urge to cross-dress? And how does the 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 status of that as a secret versus not a secret... Mm-hmm influence that that is tricky i am transgender I, I am trans i'm oh. very trans i'm actually the transiest person on the planet that's true you did get sorry sorry everyone else <laughs> um but i did i did identify crossdresser for a while and i think that was because i it, it was what i knew it was what society kind of had as a label mm. handy so for me, what that kind of urge was, was to experience something feminine with the gender I identified with, but wasn't assigned. Mm-hmm. So that was like a huge thing for me. It was just anything kind of feminine or anything sort of gender bendy appealed to me. And it appealed to me like like you say, listener, when you're five or six. We don't develop fetishes when we're five or six, or at least if we do, it's not healthy. <laughs> Um, but generally people don't. We're not developing our fetishes when we're five, right? You're the psych person. Well, okay. So that's a good question because maybe that's like where the seed gets planted. Maybe you see um, your mother putting on pretty shoes and it sort of anchors something in your psyche. Or, uh, I don't know, I'd heard... There used to be like long hair fetishes back when women had super long hair and, mm, okay. and mothers and daughters had to like brush out their very long hair at night and, and boys grew up with these very long hair fetishes and that's not as much a thing anymore because super long hair and those massive bouffant, yeah. you know, uh, hairdos isn't as much of a thing. So 
I I don't necessarily think you have a fetish at age five, but you see and observe the world and like things and dislike things and even have aspects of your sexuality. So I don't want to say you're totally isolated from that. Yeah. I hope I didn't take that all off. No, no, I don't think you did. I do think that though when a four, like, okay, there's a lot of people in public think that cross-dressing is just a weird sexual thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. If a four-year-old's doing it, which many four-year-olds out there are doing it, me included, and listener included, and probably a few of you listeners were doing it as well, it was not a sexual thing when we were four. I will agree to that. Absolutely not. Yes. I think that for some people it can be a sexual thing. I think in general for people who it is, for whom it is, Mm -hmm. it's something later in life. It's mm-hmm. not what you're doing when you're four. Mm-hmm. It's, and it tends to be more object based, mm-hmm. fetish wise, mm-hmm. than it is behavior based. Technically, the way a fetish is described is an object. Yeah. So yeah. it's, so it's getting turned on by pantyhose or shoes or underwear or things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that can happen. And there are people like that. I, I would say we should have like a, separation of term the term cross-dressing should definitely we need new terms Hmm. because i guess you could say female garment fetishist you know and that could be an fgf or something (laughs) and a a cd is someone who's literally cross-dressing because there are some fetishists who don't really they're not if they're cross-dressing they're certainly not putting any effort into it they're Mm -hmm. more just using an article of clothing uh, for sexual arousal. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also a thing of like, I think for people who are trans or cross dressers or I think can experience like uh, arousal from the behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, even if it's not like fetishistic. And I think that really comes from being more relaxed with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I don't know, you're a cis woman. Mm-hmm. Do you get like kind of excited when you get like really dressed up and you feel kind of like, I feel sexy for the first time in forever? Like sexually excited or just happy and... Like a little sexually excited. Like no. if you if you put on a lot of really... No? No. No? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know then because I, I might think be that's, the third one. I don't know. Yeah, you might be. I don't know. <laughs> I think that I, I think that it's something that again, I think some trans people and it's usually it's usually trans women mm-hmm. that this gets brought up or cross dressers, you know, male to female cross dressers mm-hmm. that this gets brought up of like kind of getting turned on by the behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's an idea that a lot of people have. That and this is honestly, the reason people do it. And if that's I, why you're doing it, cool. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, fine. but I think but you can also be trans and do that and, and, yes. and kind of be a little excited and turned on by it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also normal, but it's something that people aren't, like trans women aren't doing this because it turns them on. Because otherwise every trans woman would stop when they started taking like testosterone blockers mm-hmm. and their sex drive went mm-hmm. and they would stop this behavior immediately but they don't if it were entirely based on yeah a, which a, is a neurotic thing. which it's it not i think it's partially. i think it's dysphoria and <clears throat> that there is a sort of a little bit of kind of i guess feeling like yourself for the first time mm. and being able to like 
be happy about that. Yeah, that's like I mean, sort of I how think, we express it in weird ways. But. I think there's a lot, a lot to be said about being comfortable and happy and relaxed. Yeah, and feeling like like our our writer wrote in feeling good, just yeah. just feeling happy. Like that certainly it makes sense to me that mm-hmm. you would be more receptive to getting turned on in that yeah. situation. That totally makes sense. Um, I this is something that I've I've often. Not often, but like in the past few years have wondered Mm -hmm. if the idea of cross-dressing is something we should just get rid of as a society, that Mm -hmm. there is this whole behavior called cross-dressing because. So I would say that I think traditional, what we traditionally call cross-dressing, I think that term exists because that's kind of like what we had in like the thirties or the forties or the fifties oh, or whatever. They used like transsexual and stuff. Yeah. We didn't have gender queer as an identity back then, but like, think about it. Like a non-binary person or a gender queer person is someone who likes to vary their presentation is someone who doesn't identify with either male or female gender or someone who identifies as both either simultaneously or, or in a fluctuating manner. And I think that is totally, 100% cross-dressing behavior. I think it's just a weird holdover. Mm. Because if you were if I were to s- describe cross-dressing behavior to you, you'd be like, "Oh, well that's clearly a genderqueer person or that's well, a non-binary person." Well, not necessarily because what I'm thinking of is to identify as genderqueer, to call yourself genderqueer feels like kind of your your 24/7 everyday thing, whereas when I hear cross-dresser, I think of a hobby. So, like, by gender. No, no, but I'm saying it's, for a lot of cross-dressers, I think it goes way beyond hobby. I think that's sort of this, I think when we discuss cross-dressers today and use the term cross-dresser or use the term hobbyist, mm-hmm. like you just did, like you just did, <laughs> we're, I think we're shortchanging what is, I think, a legit, I think we're delegitimizing mm-hmm. what is, I think, a legit transgressive, non-binary way to look at gender and presentation. Um, because think about it, like so many cross-dressers that I've known, like they want to pass. They value that. They have like their website or their online identity. They have like a name they use. Mm-hmm. They, they have all this stuff. They, they go out. They want to be perceived as and, and treated. interacted with and treated with like they're that gender. And then the next, day or the next hour they may want to go back Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and they get something out of both presenting male and presenting female and so i think that is something that calling someone a cross-dresser is like very 1950s to me it's it's very much a thing i think we need to like lose and just say this is a a flexible presentation that someone has and unless i'm using the terms incorrectly which is very possible i think that is like a at least in certainly a non-binary um, gender presentation. So then you did identify as a cross-dresser. You're pretty active in the communities and online and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Did this come up? How how do other people feel about well, this? Well, it's so funny because I, I remember having a conversation like in like 2003 or something. Someone I'd met on MySpace and... It's there's a weird overlap between crossdresser and transgender, and that is because for a lot of times in history, for male to female people, it's 
whether that's presenting or transitioning, it was kind of like accepted that there's, okay, cross-dressing is a thing. And by the way, cross-dressing is a thing that only men can partake in. Mm -hmm. And then there's transgender people or transsexual people who are actually in the process of undergoing like surgical or medical change. So that was the whole difference. That was the whole difference. there was a medical aspect to it or not. And I remember we used to talk, I, I talked to someone and it was so funny, we were, we were using the Star Wars prequels were out. And so they were talking about how like cross-dressers were like the Padawans. And then like, if you were actually transgender, you were, or transsexual, whatever term we used back then, you were like an actual like Jedi Knight. And mm-hmm. then if you had had your, uh, your SRS, your sex reassignment surgery, then you were like on the Jedi Council. <laughs> like, you were real. All right. Uh, and there was that idea of, like, real, you know, and so I think trans... I also had a... I, I remember someone once asking on another thread, they were like, what is, what is the transgender, the male to female transgender community think of cross-dressers? Yeah. And I, I remember I replied to this, and I said that it seems like the community as a whole is very hostile <laughs> to cross-dressing. Really? But then every single individual member of that community I've ever met has been very cool and supportive and understood that this was kind of a thing. So so where's this perception of hostility coming from? I think from? it's fr- just from some loud individuals. Oh, loud people! Yeah. And, and so I think there is a lot of overlap. There is a bad joke I made, and I'll make it again. And I know it's a joke, it's a stereotype, but it was like on Reddit. There's the R cross-dressing um, board, and then there's, like, the R MTF board. And the joke was, what's the difference between R cross-dressing and R MTF? About a year. And that's a... I'm not trying to undermine anyone's identity, but the joke with that is that identifying as a cross-dresser is often a key step. It's the baby For steps. people, it's the baby step. The waiting pool. Yeah. And I think that... That sort of overlap, that sort of gray area, there's so much gray area between trans people and cross-dressers that it's, to me, I think cross-dressing is a trans-ish, trans-y behavior, and I think it is something that is non-binary, definitely absolutely non-binary, and it may be bi-gender for some people, it may be gender flux or... um multi-gender or you know however people choose to identify but Mm -hmm. like i think the cross-dressing thing is a weird holdover from when that was kind of how people had to identify but what if someone prefers that term to by gender then by god use that term Okay. okay terms exist not to box us in or to define us but for our convenience but i'm saying for someone like our listener who's like i don't understand what why I feel this desire, this need to cross dress. And it's like, to me, that's like, because you got dysphoria. <laughs> and you may not have the level of dysphoria that you're trans and, and you feel the need to transition. But I think there is at least a dysphoria in the sense that you're not happy with that fully binary male identity hmm. that our society has said, okay, you're a male. You'll always wear your pants. You will wear your suit. You will be happy. You will watch sports ball. You will hate your wife. You will hate your mother-in-law even more. And you will smoke cigars and watch action movie and eat steak. And I think a lot of people are, aren't going to like that. Sure. And I think someone who's cross-dressing is like definitely 
feeling something where that identity doesn't fit. So this is interesting because they say something in the question where they say, I feel good. Something like, uh, yeah. I shave my legs and have my toenails painted, wear women's underwear and yeah. like to work or something like that. And I just feel, I feel happier. Yeah. And that sounded to me like their sort of baseline, whatever mood, but the cross-dressing or the, you know, the, the feminine details that no one can see mm-hmm. elevates that mood. Yeah. And my question for you, again, I don't want to get us off track, but that didn't sound like dysphoria to me. I think it... That sounded like a plus as opposed to treating a minus. It, it It's weird linguistically to try to differentiate between those two okay. in regular language. But you would say that this person, since they feel happier with those feminine details, is treating their dysphoria? I, it's, I think that's an option. I think that okay. is a possibility. And again, it's every person's going to be different. I, it's hard to like sit here on our ivory throne of podcasting and <laughs> and dictate what people are feeling. But they did ask you, and mm-hmm. you know this, and you've been there. So. And I get it. It's yeah. it's Cross-dressing is not a, quote, normal thing. It is not <gasps> something that our society accepts as regular and normal. Mm. I think it's probably more common than people accept. That's one of the reasons I friggin' loved seeing Eddie Izzard's Dress to Kill when I was, like, 19 mm. and in college mm. and, like, still barely understanding my own anything. Mm-hmm. And to actually see, like, someone funny and cool and British, so, like, getting up and just being like, yeah, I'm a cross-dresser, I'm a transvestite, executive transvestite, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just, it was such an amazing empowering moment to see that because it had always sort of been the shameful thing and like i think that cross-dressing still carries with it a lot of this stigma that it is fetishistic that Mm -hmm. it is something perverted that it is something weirdo guys do at home and they're you know when they're closeted etc and i don't think it is i think it's as subversive and weird and fun as and i use weird in a good way as like any college kid out there who's like fucking with their gender presentation it's Mm -hmm. the same thing it's just our society hasn't quite caught up to i think what the innate desire a lot of people have to break free from this gender binary which is Mm -hmm. constrictive Mm -hmm. and I think, what's the word? Choking. Restrictive. Restrictive. I like constrictive. Constrictive, like, 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 repressive. Repressive way to live um, for a lot of people because we're not like this. There is no gender, there is no real gender binary. We're all somewhere in the middle. And I think expressing, you know, when you're assigned male and you want to express that feminine side, it can be fun. It can be liberating. It can be freeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And, I think that is dysphoria. Mm. And, and you know, it may be a different type of dysphoria from what a person who transition feels, at least in depth, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I think it is. I think maybe it's time as a society to just say, hey, cross-dressers, by the way, you're non-binary. <laughs> or we're, we're, we're bringing you in under non-binary. Or we're giving you um, the option to yeah. identify this yeah. way. There's a yeah. bunch of us out here. Come join us. Exactly. But if you prefer to consider yourself a cross-dresser and stick with that term, then you're yeah. good. But I mean, what is, what is it beyond? I, of course, it's non-binary. You're presenting something 
I don't know. I mean, to me, it is LGBTQ. It is totally, absolutely within that umbrella. Like it's, it's not something separate or different. It it's just a. To me, it feels like an older, again, I say nineteen fifties kind of term for breaking that gender barrier. Yeah, and I get what you're saying, and I and I agree that the term gender queer might apply. Um, you're saying non-binary. I'm not sure if that applies because this is quite binary. It's Oh, yeah. You know, you you're know? right. You're right. It might be. I'm sorry if I'm using those terms incorrectly. Yeah. I, I Gender fluid. Yes. Maybe a better term. That makes um, sense. When I say non-binary, I mean anyone who's breaking out of the... That one. That one role. And that's what I mean by non-binary. I know people who identify non-binary may use that term differently. Mm-hmm. And see it as someone who who rejects that binary entirely, mm-hmm. which good for you. That binary is kind of stupid. It um, is. And I say this as someone who has lived in, who who went from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. So when I use non-binary, that's what I mean. I mean yeah. that it breaks out of that traditional, those two traditional binary roles. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, gender fluid I think would be the better term, or gender queer. Mm-hmm. And that is, to me, that is gender fluid. That is like the definition of gender fluid. It's something that, it's someone who's choosing to present one gender at one moment and Mm -hmm. another gender at another and who is equally happy in both. That's great. Okay. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. I have a question about the future Mm -hmm. of cross-dressing. Yeah. So if the bad old days were the 50s where Stephen comes home from working Mm -hmm. at IBM. Yeah. And only dresses up. Uh, evenings and weekends, mm-hmm. and maybe they they took a vacation to that wonderful retreat where mm-hmm. crossdressers and their wives, because yeah. they were all men, mm-hmm. could go. That we saw in the show Transparent, like it's it's something that Stephen only does part time, and now you're saying there are other ways to think about this. You people aren't necessarily locked into a hobby situation instead of it being cross-dressing it can be genderqueer gender fluid or fun with presentation or or whatever yeah in the future let's think about steven's grandson or Mm great-grandson do you think we'll ever come to a time where someone can go to his job at ibm in a suit one day and a dress the next day. I would long for that. Yeah. I think that is where we should be. Do you think it's possible? I, in, a, in a generation? In two? I don't know. Yeah. I think if, if we all do our part to fuck the system up, <laughs> then maybe. I don't know. I, I, I... It would depend on your company. It would depend on your life. Obviously. You know, and your situation. Yeah, but yeah. I would... To me, that's the dream where... Mm-hmm. How are we you can feeling be, that day? That's we how can you be dress. all be as gender fluid or as or change our presentation whenever the fuck we want, and it's no big deal. And that I think, whether you're whether you're changing it permanently or changing it for a day or two or changing mm-hmm. it for a month or being something else entirely, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. I would love to see that. I would love to see a world where. The restroom issue, the shower issue, the changing room issue were like less of a problem. One, because we all grew up mm-hmm. and realized that it's not a thing. breaking that like breaking down gender binary is like not equivalent of assault or like attacking people. Mm-hmm. Like that's just basic. And two, let's all have some more privacy. Mm-hmm. 
maybe if we didn't have one and a half inch gaps between yeah. the, the stall door and the stall wall, it would be less of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if we weren't asking children to shower together in school, it would be less of a problem. Um, so yeah, I think that's like, that's the dream. That's the yeah. goal. That's, that's what I want. I want a society where everyone can just be who they are. And that can change from minute to minute, and, like, it's no big deal. And then my follow-up question yeah. is, say you live in that Stephen's grandson, mm-hmm. Stephen's great-grandson place, uh, time, where... Or great-grandkid. You, yes. Yes. Where you have that option. You yeah. present male one day, female the next day, male the next day, female the next day, and neither the next day. You know, uh-huh. you have that option. You can. It's okay. In your 20s, thinking mm-hmm. back to who you were in your 20s, yeah, would you have just been a girl every day? Or were you sometimes <laughs> Except wanting... for the days when I probably had a hangover and didn't feel like work. putting in any effort. Uh... No, and that's just our society demanding yeah. that women put in more effort than men. Mm. Um, eh, don't pretend you hate all that effort. Some mornings I do. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got home from a concert at like 1 a.m. last night. And I had true. to work at 9 and I did not do very particularly good makeup today. So, But you weren't uh, late. I was not late. Mm-hmm. I put my hair in a very simple ponytail, slapped on some very simple makeup and got out the door. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I feel like I did enjoy, to an extent, the kind of fluidity. and it, Because it also, for me, you know, in 100 years or whatever, maybe it wouldn't be as big a deal to transition. Mm-hmm. For me, it was. Mm-hmm. And so I found that fluidity very liberating that mm-hmm. I could kind of present. And I identified gender flux, a term I thought I invented, but yeah. many people invented, you know, independently. Sorry. Um, that's okay. <laughs> Too bad I didn't trademark it. Um, that's a weird noise. <laughs> trying to be like, a, I don't know. It's but the trademark noise. The tra- <laughs> um, it's... <laughs> I, I did find that fluidity, like, very liberating, very fun. And I did identify gender flux, trademark. Um, no. <laughs> and Get it right. Because I liked being able to switch back and forth. And I knew that I, again, that ghettoization of cross-dressing into mm-hmm. the hobbyist category. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. I knew it was something that went deeper to who I was. But again, all we had... Back then, where you are full on transitioning and you are ready to get the surgery, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. ready to live your life that way. Come out to your or, job and your family and yeah. your partner. Yeah. Or you are a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. And that is like, there needs to be gray area between there or the hobbyist. We need to accept that hobbyists are not hobbyists and that is a real way to be. Mm-hmm. And that is where gender fluid or gender queer comes in so that's interesting to me because i thought you would say if you'd had the option mm-hmm. in in your 20s you'd have been girl every day you're saying sometimes you would have presented male i i mean it's hard to say yeah but like i i knowing that i probably would have mm-hmm. transitioned earlier but it's it's also like I'm looking back on who I was and what sure. the times were. And it was, it, 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 I needed to, I wasn't going to jump in. I wasn't going to just right. hold my nose and cannonball right into this. I was one of those people who's like, I'll dip a toe in mm-hmm. and then maybe go up to my knees. Oh, it's too cold. So you would have been, run back. <laughs> you would have been waiting a little more in that pool 
if yeah. you were able to just do that every day. But yeah. you'd still be waiting in the pool. I'd still be waiting in that the pool. That makes sense. That makes sense. But it was... I I definitely need I needed that like first time, mm-hmm. you know, of like, oh, I'm gonna walk by work on my day off <laughs> in a dress, in a dress, and I'm like, by work, you know, that kind of thing. This is when you're working at a gallery in Soho, and they would have been more than happy to have you. Yeah, but dress. I didn't know that. It's true. I didn't know that, and no. I know that now. But say, Livy, even if you had known it, though, it doesn't necessarily mean you would have done again, it again. It doesn't. Ready for I it. know it, it's it's such a it, again maybe in in. Stephen or Stev Stev in Stev's age and you know future version in the year two thousand yes (laughs) because it's short for Stephanie and Stephen it's Stev it's S T F V Stev you have to say um in Stev's time I would hope that yeah there is that and people would be like more cool to do that I didn't have that luxury and so I needed that little step but I knew it was like. I, I didn't identify hobbyist, and I did feel like that's, I do feel like that's kind of unfair mm-hmm. um, to relegate some people to hobbyists when there's other people, younger people who didn't grow up with that, who are like, yeah, I'm genderqueer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's someone who's 50, maybe, with the same identity, mm-hmm. behaving the same way, identifying as a cross-dresser that a lot of people are going to think is a hobbyist or a fetishist. Yeah, and I also don't want to have this tell this fifty year old guy, no, you're not a cross dresser, you're gender queer. Get with it. No, 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 no. I'm just saying this is I'm just saying it's a legit feeling. Yes. And it's the same feeling that when when this listener asks, Why am I doing this? Why do I feel compelled to do this? It's because it's the same reason I feel compelled to transition. So many other people feel compelled to transition and why some people feel compelled to like say fuck it to the gender binary or feel compelled to go back and forth it's we have this feeling that likely we're born with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's probably why you started when you were five or six dear listener and why i started when i was like three Mm -hmm. and it's it's something sheet over your head and be like i'm a pretty bride yeah and we all take our own narrow our own winding meandering paths to get here and i mm-hmm. hope one day that society exists in such a way that those paths don't have to be meandering yeah but in the meantime they are and i i just think it's shitty that we relegate one group to fetishy hobbyists okay when i feel like it's a legit part of this community and um a legit identity and it's based in legit feelings mm-hmm. of um what I can only call dysphoria or unhappiness with how someone was assigned at birth and, and how the gender binary works. And mm-hmm. if that's not, if the word for that is not dysphoria, I would like to hear it mm-hmm. because it sounds to me like dysphoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Good question. Thank you, listener. Question sender. Thank we you didn't for actually ask you if we could use your name. So that's why you're a dear listener. Anonymous dear listener. Yes. And thank you thank for the question. You. Thank you for listening. Y'all, um, what are your thoughts on this? We'd love to hear it. Do you identify as a cross-dresser? Are you genderqueer and you think cross-dressers are something different? Like, let us know your thoughts. We'd yeah. love to hear what you think. And if you're not a cross-dresser, how have you perceived that group? I would be interested to, because, yeah, it does feel like sort of an old-timey term. But there are plenty of people who do that now. Yeah. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from the rest of you. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Right, bye.
you've enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep making more great content, go to patreon.com forward slash gender rebels. We have many different levels of support and lots of great rewards, including drinks with the gender rebels at Stonewall. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. That makes it easier for other people to find us. And send your questions to questions at genderrebels.com or find us on Twitter at the Gender Rebels. Music for the Gender Rebels is by Jasper the Colossal. Follow the link down below or download them on iTunes today. And for all our episodes, visit genderrebels.com. The Gender Rebels is a comeback Production copyright 2019. All rights reserved. And to all you gender rebels out there, keep rebelling. Bye!